The idea of true work-life balance appeals to many of us U.S. workers, but perhaps the demographic most interested are the hardworking moms around the country. For most, it seems impossible to give their children all the time and energy they desire while also making a quality living in the workforce. Well, the solution for some could be creating their own schedule by running their own business. What I find is women who have their own business are so fulfilled. Raising children is all-consuming and one of the most amazing things you'll do in your life. But you give up a lot of yourself to do it. And I think when you start a business that's all your own, the fulfillment that you get from that is so exhilarating that you find a way for the balance. And, and the, one of the last questions I ask in my when I'm profiling women is, what do your kids think? And it's always, oh my God, they're so proud of me. They brag to their friends that my mom is the cookie mom. Hi again, everyone. I'm Tim Muman. On this edition of Moving Up the Ladder, we speak with Holly Hurd, a mother of three, who is an entrepreneur, a speaker, and a writer. And she's with us to talk about some important parts of her book that is designed to help the entrepreneurial, curious mothers out there. It's called Venture Mom, From Idea to Income in Just 12 Weeks. Thanks for coming on LJN Radio, Holly. Well, thanks for having me. Now, I saw in a note uh, to me that you were described as a serial entrepreneur. So I wanted to ask, what do you love so much about it? You know what? I love starting businesses. And I think it's really exciting to come up with an idea and to take it to fruition. I think that's a great way to start. So what then was it that inspired you to write this book, Venture Mom, From Idea to Income in Just 12 Weeks? What inspired you to go and write a book about it as opposed to just doing it? Well, you know what? I have a blog called VentureMom.com, and I profile women who have started businesses in less than 12 weeks, and I write about their path to a paycheck. And what I found was, well, they have a lot of commonalities in what they choose to start businesses around and in how they do it. And it's very simple. I decided to share some of their stories wrapped around a 12-week program to help other women start their own businesses. Okay. Now you mentioned kind of seeing some commonalities as far as what they were putting out there as far as their business goes or their style and what what kind of the, what are the common things you did notice? You know what? Most of the women that I interview fell into their venture. It was something they were already doing in their life. Sure. Something that they were talented at and something that people complimented them on. For example, a woman who makes a great belt buckle for herself and her friends and family say, oh my God, I love that belt buckle. Will you make me one? Then she takes it to the local boutique and they say, we'll order 12. And then from there, she's gone on to boutiques across the country. And it's not something she actually planned to do, Mm -hmm. but it's something she was doing for herself and people took notice and she realized she had a business. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Uh, as you said, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who'd be like, oh, you know, I hear these compliments all the time. Why not me kind of thing? And I can understand where the, where the book can come into play with that. You know, one of the hardest things I find for women is to figure out what they want to do. Mm-hmm. I, I myself am sort of like a venture detective. I actually <laughs> offer venture hour. I, I, I do it. <laughs> I do it in my sleep. At cocktail parties, I'll be talking to a woman or a guy and I'll say, oh, my God, you should start a business doing that. I come up with an idea every day, but what I decided rather than start new ideas is to share other women's stories and how they started a business around something they were already doing. Now, as you noted there, you know, a lot of people have these, these passions or these things they already kind of do on the side. Maybe it's for family and friends even. What do you see then as the reasons that say a mom 
would be worried about actually trying to start a business? What are their biggest concerns of actually moving forward with that process? Most women are scared. I was scared. The first time I put out a profile, I was scared about what people would think, if people would like it, if people would read it. And the response I got back was great. And that's why I think getting feedback from family and friends is really important. If you make a great cookie and people love it and want it, start small. Start at a farmer's market and then take notice from there. I knew one woman who made a gluten-free cookie for her daughter who had a gluten allergy and her friends and family loved it. And then before long, she went to the health food store and they carried it and then Whole Foods took notice. And she had no plans to start a cookie business, (laughs) but she did. She just sort of rolled into it because she was doing something for her own family that others took notice of and loved. Now, I hear from a lot of people that say they would love to jump sort of into that entrepreneurial pool or maybe make some money doing something they love, but their concerns often stem around, well, you know, they don't know anything about business concepts or the financial side of things, that that's a, a big concern. That's a scary part of it. Can you offer up any little pieces of advice in terms of how they can get more acquainted with those? Yeah. Actually, on my site, I have a link called Featured Venture Mom. And it's broken down by category. So let's say you, you have an interest in starting a food venture. On my site, I've got, I think, 30 stories of women who started food ventures hmm. and all about how they got started, how they scaled, how they, you know, went, tested the market before they spent any money. 98% of the women that I profiled, and I profiled over 200, 98% of them did not have a business plan and did not borrow money. Oh, wow. And didn't even have a babysitter. And I break it down. The categories are, you know, fashion ventures, food ventures, exercise ventures, home decor ventures. There's so many things that I discovered that women have started. They find a way to do it around their children's schedule. Right. A lot of times when the kids are babies, I, you know, I covered one woman. She is dubbed the nap time chef because she cooked when her babies were napping. <laughs> and she now has two cookbooks. Other women, you know, when their kids are in elementary school, they're working from eight to three. Right. And then before long, the kids are off to college and you have lots of time, but um, <laughs> it's, you know, everything in between. Now, do you notice that a lot of it does stem from the idea of work-life balance or trying to be everything? We hear about that a lot too, where it's so difficult to, you know, put all of your time and energy that you want to into your children, but then also into your work, whether you're working for somebody or for yourself. Does that sort of help in that area of the work-life balance? What I find is women who have their own business are so fulfilled. Hmm. Raising children is all-consuming and one of the most amazing things you'll do in your life, but you give up a lot of yourself to do it. And I think when you start a business that's all your own, the fulfillment that you get from that is so exhilarating that you find a way for the balance. And, and the, one of the last questions I ask in my, when I'm profiling women is, what do your kids think? And it's always, oh my God, they're so proud of me. They brag to their friends that my mom is the cookie mom. My mom, you know, does this or does that or makes these great, you know, dog mats and sells them. Or, oh my God, you're wearing one of my mom's necklaces. (laughs) The kids are very proud. So these women are setting great examples for their children. And, you know, a lot of times the children help as well. So many moms say, oh my God, my kids help me box up and ship away this or that, or they help me plant the pots that I then take and sell at the farmer's market. So the kids are very involved in most of the women's ventures. Well, that's really cool to hear. I mean, I have a couple of kids myself and uh, I can definitely see where that would come into play and, and them even helping out. I think that's, that's great. As you said, a great example for them as well. 
What are some of the other important parts of sort of getting the business off to a successful start, especially getting your product out there, your services out there, uh, the marketing side of things? Uh, what can you offer up a little bit as far as insight that people, of course, can get more detail in the book? Well, in the book, it's broken into three sections. The first three chapters are figuring out what you want to do. And that, that can be the hard part. The second section is all about branding. I give you one week to name your venture. Branding can, can be as simple as picking two colors and picking a font hmm. and getting a little bit organized. You need to set up a website, which you can do in about an hour. I set up one yesterday in 20 minutes, and I'm not tech savvy. When I started this, <laughs> I couldn't cut and paste a photo. So the middle section is getting organized, pricing your product. Do some research on what your area allows in terms of pricing. And you also, if you make a belt for $50, you could sell it for 80. Hmm. If the belt costs you 80 to make, you're going to have to charge, you know, 120 or whatever the standard markups are. But you need to look at what other people are doing and price your product accordingly. I think that women have a hard time asking to be paid for what they do. So I think that's one of the most important things is do your research on pricing and price your product before you put it out there. The third section of the book deals with actually telling the world about what you're offering. I have three chapters on how to tell the world, from a newsletter to a Facebook fan page to, you know, weekly emails. You can start a business sending an email out to your friends and family if you're a little bit organized. Speaking of that area, because that's one kind of aspect of this I was always curious about, uh, you know, you're looking at marketing and, and sort of advertising at this ground level. Have you noticed a particular medium or forum that really has worked best for a lot of these women? Does it depend on what exactly they're offering? What have you noticed? You know what? I think you have to choose your social media based on what you're offering. Okay. If you're selling cookies, you don't necessarily need to be on LinkedIn or Pinterest. If you have a fashion product, Pinterest can be a great tool and Instagram can be a great tool, a fashion or home product. If you have more of a business-minded product, like maybe you develop websites, you certainly want a fantastic website of your own. So I think you need to pick and choose. The other thing that I find these women, they they start out at farmer's markets and boutique fairs. Another thing that is really great at marketing, there are a lot of charity options and they're always looking for silent auction items. If there's some way that you can package your item or include it in these types of events, it's free advertising. So let's say you're a a closet, you you help people, a a stylist, you help them organize and, and pick out clothing. And I've interviewed several women who do that. So they might offer a free hour of consulting. And so basically the event is advertising their business. Sure. And everyone who goes to the event sees information on them and they can pick up their business card or reach out to them. If you make a baked good, offer it for goodie bags. This is another thing that you can do. A lot of events have goodie bags that they give to the attendees and they often ask for donations. So maybe you offer a postcard that says, I'll give a free hour of consultation for everyone who buys three hours or you offer a sample cookie or a piece of candy or whatever it is your product is, if you can. I mean, some centers don't allow for that, but a lot of them do. Right. And the goodie bags. And if you're a belt maker, you could offer a belt at a silent auction and everyone would see the belt. Not only one person's going to win it, other people would reach out to you to make a belt for them. Sure. 
No, I think that's some really good insight in, as far as getting the product out there, getting it in front of people one way or another. I think that's uh, some good advice for those listeners out there. And also on my site and in the book, if you see how other women have done it, you'll get ideas for yourself. Right. There's so many ideas when you read what other women have done. I think that is the best way to learn how to do it yourself. And the women in my book and the women on my site have done it with very little money. You know, the internet is so fabulous and you can do a lot without spending. In fact, I tell my venture moms, I do consulting for venture moms who want to get started. I, I consult from everything from figuring out what you want to do to helping you scale to helping you market. I tell them, do not spend any money on any of this because you don't have to. Halia, you've given us some really good insight into the world of entrepreneurialism, and uh, I do thank you for coming on. I wanted to ask you, though, if you could offer up any last piece of encouragement or advice for the listeners out there who might be interested in jumping into this type of venture, what would you say to them? I would say, don't be afraid. <laughs> it, it, it just know that it's a common thread. I was afraid. So many of the women were afraid to put their venture out there. And then, you know, I said to myself, I don't want to be 80 years old and think I had this great idea and I never tried it. It's better to put it out there and fail than not, not try at all. So I say, go forth and, and prosper. I think that's a great place for us to leave off today. Holly, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. And that is all the time we have on this edition of Moving Up the Ladder. Again, we are speaking with Holly Hurd. She has a book out called Venture Mom, From Idea to Income in Just 12 Weeks. She is an entrepreneur herself, so she definitely gives some good insight into this world. If you have any feedback for us on this or any of our shows, send us an email, ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also find us on Twitter at the LJN, and you can find all of our shows also on iTunes. Just search LJN Radio in the iTunes store. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.